Well, God bless you today. We're going to go into the word of the Lord, and um, I've got a long way to go today. Uh, so I want to try to get through this. I do not want to break this one down into a series. I really want to get this done. So, Brother Goff, don't drag me down like you usually do, all right? This, just, just... <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Blame it all on Brother Goff. You got to have somebody to throw under the bus, right? You just, you just got to have somebody to throw under the bus once in a while. And every preacher needs to be thrown under the bus once in a while. Keep him humble before God, right? So praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. First Peter chapter 3, familiar verse of scripture for many of us. And... Um, but I felt this. I've been feeling this for a couple of days now. And it was up until almost 3 o'clock this morning. I was trying to work on this and, and uh, praying that God would help me to get it all together. And, and uh, I hope that he has. We're about to find out. Praise God. Listening to the messages by my late pastor. And uh, he made a comment about having drawers full of messages. And he said, I... I've got some, he said, if I thought they went over pretty well, I'll write good on the top of them. So I don't know if I'll be able to write good on this one or not, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We may, we may just run this one through the shredder by the time we're done, but, uh, but, but I don't think so. I, I feel this this morning. First Peter chapter 3, and we're going to read two verses of Scripture. First Peter 3, verse 20 says, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, now please notice this, eight souls were saved by water. They were saved by water. Then he says, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Eight souls, Peter said, were saved by water. And then he comes along and connects that to baptism in the New Testament church. I want to I want to teach for a little while here this morning on this thought water works. Water works. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know some of you may know think you know where I'm going, but but hang with me here for a little while because uh, I, I got into some things in studying this that I've never looked at, never considered before. And so stay with me for a while this morning. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. And, 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 and let me say this, saints of God, look, I want you to pray a special prayer. I want you to pray a specific prayer. And I've had men in Africa, when I've gone to Africa to conduct the seminars there, I ask them to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray it as well. I want to ask you to pray, not only that God would speak to your heart, 
but that God would send a spirit of revelation into this service and online to those that are listening and that God would grant understanding as we go through the scripture. Amen. We need a divine revelation. Some things we just need God to open our understanding about. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Would you join me now as we pray that prayer together? Lord Jesus. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together before we're seated. Let's praise him, everyone. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Let's praise God. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Some months ago, I taught uh, a lesson here in this church, and it was actually the result of a lesson that I had taught in one of our Zoom classes for the ministers in Africa. Uh, I taught about having a hunger and a thirst for God. And in that lesson, I pointed out the importance of water to the human body. The human body is made up of some 60 to 75% water. Uh, so just think about it. You know, you, you're, the, the majority of your body is water. And water is so necessary to our existence that a loss of only 4% of that water in your body will result in dehydration. Just 4%. If you lose as much as 15%, it can be fatal. 15% of your body water, it can be fatal. Water is an essential element of life. There's no doubt about it. But not only does water play an important role biologically, it plays a vital role spiritually. And I'm going to take some time to talk about this today. Amen. I, I think most of us recognize and realize what a powerful force water can be in the natural. Water unleashed, unharnessed, can destroy entire cities. And it has. 
It can carve through rocks. And it has. And I even saw an illustration last night where water had cut through solid steel. It's amazing the power of water. According to one source that I found, water has killed over 300 million people throughout known history. And of course, that does not take into account those who died in what we call Noah's flood. We don't know how many people died as a result of that. And we talked about that just a week or so ago. Uh, The scholars who believe that the population of the world in Noah's day um, could possibly have even reached the point of what it is today. Uh, It could have been up into the billions by the time Noah's flood took place. Just because man was living almost a thousand years and reproducing during that time. It's an amazing thing to think about. And so we don't know how many people died in that flood. But we do know that water can be an extremely destructive force. On the other hand, when water is harnessed and used properly, it becomes a powerful force for good. I don't know that there is any state in these United States that doesn't have some kind of of hydroelectric system that is in place. Uh, Every state is doing what it can to harness the power of electricity. In fact, or the power of water and use it for electricity. In fact, uh, from from what I found on the government website, uh, over 7% of the nation's electricity right now comes from water sources. So water can be a good thing. It can be a powerful thing. And God created it that way. I want to take you back to the story of creation today. Now this is Bible study time, so get your Bibles. We're we're not going to talk about Time Magazine today. Uh, We're not going to talk about any magazine today. We're going to talk about the Bible. So get your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at some things in Genesis 1 uh, that some of you may be aware of, but, but I think there are probably many who are listening who may not realize this, may not recognize this, but the Bible really becomes specific in describing some things here in the process of creation. I want to start out not with verse 1. We'll come back to verse 1 in a moment. But in Genesis 1, beginning with verse 6, I want, I want Brother Goff to read something for me here. Uh, Genesis 1, verses 6 through 8. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Now, 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 before we go any farther, let me define this word firmament. It's translated from a Hebrew word which means an expanse. Now, an expanse would be defined as an uninterrupted space. So, so thinking of what an expanse is, it's an, it's an amount of space that is not interrupted by anything else. And, and read that verse again, Brother Goff. And God said. God 
said, let there be a firmament. Let there be a firmament. Let there be an expanse. Let there be an uninterrupted space in the midst of the waters. In the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. From the waters. Now let's keep reading to see what he's talking about here. And God made the firmament. He made that space, that expanse. And divided the waters. He divided the waters. Which were under which the were, firmament. Now watch this. The waters under the firmament. From the waters. From the waters. Which were above the firmament. Which were above the firmament. And it was so. All right. Now are you with me here? It's, 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 it's kind of a, an unusual picture that we're seeing. But, but God has stepped in now. He's, he's just freshly made the world. And, and, and he looks down. And, and here he puts this expanse between water. And there's now water above this expanse. And there's water below this expanse. This firmament. All right? Read. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And so this great expanse, this uninterrupted space that's got water above it and water below it, he called heaven. And the Bible says he did all of this on the second day. Amen. Now, now don't get confused by what I've just read. When we talk about God dividing the waters from the waters, we're not talking about the, the creation of land. We're not talking about him bringing forth dry land. That's, that's something altogether different. Uh, when God created the world, evidently, evidently, the world was totally encased, engulfed, surrounded by, enclosed in water. It was everywhere. If we could see a photograph of the world the moment it was created, all we would see is a big ball of water. All right? Hallelujah. Now, I'm not, I don't want to get too technical in all this, but I'm going somewhere, and I, I do hope and pray that, uh, that you're, you're following with me here. And again, to those listening online, we would appreciate uh, some amens and and uh, praise the Lord and whatever, just to know that you're, you're following along and you understand. But, but we're not talking about God creating the land. We're talking about God separating some of this water. There is this band of water that engulfs the earth. And God steps in and he puts a firmament in between, raising some of the water above and lowering some of the water below. And then there's this space between it. Amen. Now, now, now let's, let's look at Genesis 1, 1 and 2. I want to try to prove to you that the earth was really just seen as a big ball of water. Read Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the God heaven created and the earth. God created the heaven and the earth. So this is the very start of it all. Now look at verse 2. And the earth was without the earth form. was without form. And void. And void. And darkness was and upon the face of the deep. was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now we're going to talk about without form and void in just a little while. But here's what I want to show you. That, that the darkness was upon the face of the deep. As soon as God creates the heavens and the earth, then the Bible says that darkness was on the face of the deep. That's the way that he refers to the earth. Darkness was on the face of the deep. 
And, and uh, the Hebrew lexicon says that this word deep means a primeval ocean. Amen. And that's why the Bible then goes on to say the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Not upon the land, but on the waters. The Spirit's moving on the waters because even now, though there's been, a, 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 well, at this point, there wasn't yet a separation, but, but that's all that existed was this water. And so if God's going to move on the earth, he's got to move on the water. Right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And, and, and so then, then, uh, God takes this great band of water that encircles the earth. We read in verses 6 through 8, and he puts this space between them. He does that, you'll remember, on the second day of creation. That's important. He does that on the second day. Everyone say the second day. Now he does that on the second day. He separates the water above from the water beneath. Hallelujah. And then he does something else. So as I said, this is not where he creates dry land. We're going to look at that next as we go to Genesis 1, verses 9 through 13. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. All right, so here in verse 9 is the dry land. Right. Verses 6 through 8, he's just putting this space between the waters above. You've got to remember this, the waters above and the waters below. All right? Then in verse 9, he says, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. All right, read. And it was so, and God called the and dry God land called earth. called the dry land earth. And the gathering together the waters, he called seas. And where the waters gathered together, he called that the sea. God saw that it was good. Uh-huh. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Now, 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 now look, the, the earth was just this ball of water from all you could see. God puts a space. He has water above. He has water below. Now, God starts pulling the waters into one place, and, and then there's the dry land. And once there's dry land, something else begins to happen. Amen. The, there is now, he said, let it bring forth grass, and the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Read. And the earth brought forth grass, and, and it brought forth seed grass after his seed. kind, yes. and the tree yielding fruit, yes. whose seed was in itself after his kind. Yes. God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. All right, so here's what I was trying to get to in all this. So, so when we talk about God separating the waters from the waters, this is not the creation of dry land, because the creation of dry land doesn't happen until day three. Is everybody still with me? You're really quiet, but I don't expect you to be running the aisles, at least not yet. But I just, I want to make sure that you're with me, that you understand where I'm going. So this massive band of water encircles the earth. God separates it with a firmament that pushed some of the water up and some of it down. Amen. And, and then, and then, it was from the water below that on the following day, dry land was brought forth. 
But I want you to notice again how it happened. And there's a reason why I said it the way I said it, that the dry land was brought forth. Let me show you something here. Uh, read again Genesis 1, verses 9 and 10. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. Yes. And let the dry land and appear. let the dry land do what? Appear. Let it do what? Appear. Now, this is important. Let the dry land appear. And it was so. And it was so. And God called the and dry God land called earth. called that dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he the seas, and God saw that it was good. So, so I want you to see that, that on this day, on day three, God doesn't create dry land. He doesn't create it. It was there. It was already there. And it, it just wasn't seen yet. So when God created this, though what we would see would be a ball of water, there was land under that water somewhere. It was not productive. It wasn't doing any good until God separated the waters. Now, he makes one separation above and below. Then he gathers the waters together and the dry land. As the waters recede, the dry land appears. It's been there. You just couldn't see it until the water receded. Amen. This, this word appear, uh, other translations say uh, that it was seen. And that's the idea here. It existed already. When God created the heavens and the earth, the land was there, but you couldn't see it. Until God starts making this distinction. And God starts separating waters and God starts receding waters and then the dry land appears. And once the dry land appears, something else starts happening. So let's continue reading here, verses 11 and 12. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Now let the earth bring forth grass. The herb yielding and the seed, herb yielding seed. And the fruit tree, and the yielding, fruit tree after its yielding fruit after its kind. Whose seed is in itself upon the earth, yes. and it was so. Right. And the earth brought, and it forth, brought grass, forth the grass. And herb yielding seed and the after his kind. Seed after his and kind. the tree yielding and the fruit. Tree yielding whose fruit. seed was in her in itself yes. after his kind. Yes. And God saw and that God it was good. God saw that it was good. So get the picture. In the beginning, the way that God created the world, the dry land was present. Or the land was present. It wasn't dry, but it was present. But it was not in a good condition. In its original state, it was unproductive. In its original state, there was no life there. In its original state, hallelujah, it was really bad off. In fact, go back and read Genesis 1 and 1 and verse 2 again. In the beginning, God, the beginning, God created, created the heaven and the earth. And the earth. And the earth and was the earth without was, form and void. Now, now hang on, the earth was without form. The lexicon says this means it was reduced to primeval chaos. There are other scriptures that, that translate this same Hebrew word as confusion. So when God created the earth, its original state, yes, sir. the way that it began, it was in a state of confusion and chaos. Hallelujah. It was there under the water. 
but it was in confusion and chaos. Hallelujah. And then what does he say? It was without form. And void. And it was void. And the word void means emptiness. So in its original created state, the world was in chaos. It was in confusion. It was full of emptiness. But why was it that way? Read on. And darkness and was upon the face of the deep. was upon the face of the deep. I'm telling you the reason there was confusion and chaos. Amen. The reason there was emptiness is because everything was covered with darkness. There couldn't be any life. There couldn't be any productivity while things were there in that darkness. And so it was just confusion. It was just chaos. It was just emptiness. But God said, I'm going to remedy this situation. I'm going to fix this problem. Hallelujah. I look down and see a world. I see the chaos that's in that darkness. I see the confusion that's in that darkness. I see the emptiness that's in that darkness. But God said, I'm going to fix that. Oh, hallelujah. And so, and so, the first thing God did, the first thing God did to fix the problem. So it's without form and void and darkness covers. And again, face of the deep is all there is right now. That's all that exists that you can see. And so darkness was everywhere, Brother Hilton. It was everywhere. You can't get away from the darkness until verse 3. Now start reading verse 3 through 5. And God, and said, God said, let there be light. Let there be and there was light. Light. And there was light. Hallelujah. Amen. Read. And God saw, God the, light, saw the light. That it was that good. It was Good. And now God, remember, when he created the world, it was darkness. It was confusion. It was chaos. It was emptiness. That's not good. But God said, let there be light. And when the light began to shine, God said, oh yeah, this is good. This is good. Hallelujah. Amen. We're about to deal with that darkness. We're going to deal with that confusion. We're going to deal with that chaos. We're going to deal with that emptiness. And the first step, let there be light. Hallelujah. And God divided the light from the darkness. Yes. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. The first day. So the light alone begins the work to end this process of confusion, chaos, and emptiness. That's the first thing that had to happen. There had to be light to dispel the darkness. But I want you to know, this happens in verses 3 through 5. But we don't see dry land. And we don't see fruit trees and plants. In verse 6. That doesn't come along till verse 9. So just dispelling the darkness didn't fix the problem entirely. God said there's more. I got to do to fix this. So day one, he speaks light. Day two, he said, now 
Let's do something about all this water. Let's deal with this water here. Let's, let's, let's address this water here. And so on day two, God creates this firmament that divides the water. He'd been moving on the water from the beginning. Right? He moved upon the face of the deep. He'd been moving on the water from the beginning. But just feeling God move wasn't enough. God said, I'm going to bring a separation. There's going to be water below and there's going to be water above. Oh, hallelujah. And I need the water above and the water below to be in place. We're about to do something else here where things are going to start getting better and better and better. Hallelujah. And so God, though he'd been working on the water, he then lifted some of the water up and he left some of it below. And then God again acted with regard to the water. And he gathered the water together and said, now let's expose what I really wanted everyone to see from the beginning. You couldn't see it when it first started. It wasn't there. It was nothing but chaos and confusion and emptiness. But I'm going to keep working because there's something down deep that I am going to bring out. There's something down below there that I'm going to bring out. And when I do, it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be productive. No more chaos. No more confusion. No more emptiness. No more darkness. Hallelujah. Follow with me now. First, the spirit starts moving on the chaotic, confused, empty creation covered by darkness. Then God shines a light to dispel the darkness. Then God parts the waters. And there's a coming up out of the water. And when you come up out of that water, that's when life really began. The potential was there, but it didn't exist until it came out of the water. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, here, here's what I'm trying to get across to everyone here today. If you haven't figured this out yet, amen, I'm going to tell you, every one of us are born into a state of chaos, confusion, and emptiness. At the moment of our conception, we are as worthless and invaluable as the earth was when it was nothing but a ball of dark, deep water. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the way we're created. That's the way we come into this world. Psalm 51 verse 5 read. Behold I was shapen, I was in, iniquity, shapen in iniquity. And in sin in did my sin mother, conceive, my mother me. conceive me. Listen. I don't care how good of a person you are. And I deal with this all the time. Well I haven't murdered. I haven't done this. I haven't. It's not about what you haven't done. It's about the fact that you're born in sin. 
You're a sinner from the moment of conception. Whether you like it or you don't, you're a sinner. You are in that confused, chaotic, empty, dark state. That's the way your life was created. Hallelujah. Romans 3.23 for all have sinned all have sin. and come short, come of, the glory short of, God. of the glory of God. Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man one sin man's entered sin into the world, entered into the world, and death by, death sin, by sin, so death passed death upon all men. Passed on all men. For that all have sinned. For all have sinned. Praise God. You know, I've said this before. I, I used to live in the state of Colorado. And in that state, uh, many of you most likely have been there. In that state, you can go to the top of Pikes Peak and be 14,000 plus feet above sea level. You can drive just a few miles to the city of Canyon City and you can go down to the bottom of the Royal Gorge and you can stand on the banks of the Arkansas River and be at sea level. Now whether I'm at sea level, of course you could also get into that river and go deeper. Whether I'm at sea level, below sea level, or 14,000 feet above, I'm still in the state of Colorado. And whether you're a murderer, a drug addict, or just a good old boy, you're still created in the state of sin. We're all in that same state. Some may be deeper than others, some may be higher than others, but we're all created in that same state. And we gotta deal with the fact that we're in that state. We are living, we are enshrouded, we are engulfed in darkness. John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20 read. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world. Light is come into the world. And men but men love darkness, love darkness rather, darkness than, rather light than light. Because their, deeds, because were their evil. deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil that hateth, doeth light. hateth the light. Neither, cometh to, Neither the light. cometh to the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved. I'm telling you, there's only one way, Brother Hilton, that we're going to get out of this mess. We've got to have God step on the balcony of our lives and say, let there be light. God's going to have to shine something some light into our lives to get us out of this mess oh god i feel like preaching today listen to me you can't turn over a new leaf you can't change yourself you can't just suddenly become good enough because you're created in this state of chaos and confusion and emptiness and darkness you have to have the voice of god speaking light to you Even if you turn over a new leaf, even if you change all your bad habits, you're still in the state of sin. And you're still walking in darkness. Changing your bad habits doesn't get you out of that state. Well, praise God. That's not saying we need to just keep living in sin. And I'm telling you, God's got a way out of all of that. 
And the first thing that's got to happen, he's got to speak light. Let there be light. I'm thankful today, amen, for what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen, You're a generation, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, You're a royal priesthood, and holy nation. You're a holy nation, a peculiar people. You're a peculiar people that you should that show, you forth, show the forth the praises of Him, of him who has called, you, has out called of you out of that darkness into, into His marvelous his light. Marvelous light. I am here to tell you, there's an opportunity facing you today. If you want out of the chaos, if you want out of the confusion, if you want out of that emptiness, if you want out of that darkness. God is speaking light to you today. He's trying to turn a light on in your understanding and your mind. He's trying to get you out of the darkness that you're in right now. But as I said, just because God spoke those words, let there be light. And there was light. That didn't immediately bring forth life. There was more that had to take place. There was more that had to happen. There had to be a dividing of the waters to where God had water above and he had water below so let's talk about the water above for just a few minutes here amen John chapter 7 verses 37 to 39 in the last day in the last that day, great day, the of, the great feast, day of the feast Jesus stood Jesus and, cried, stood and saying, cried saying if any, if man, any thirst, man thirst let him let come, him unto, come me to me and drink. and drink read he that believeth, he on, that me, believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his out of belly, his belly shall flow rivers, shall flow of, living rivers of living water read but this spake, this he, of spake he of the spirit which, which they that believe on him should receive, should receive. for the Holy, Ghost, for the was Holy Ghost was not yet given because, because that Jesus was, was not yet, yet glorified. glorified I'm preaching to you about water from above that water above is the Holy Ghost you gotta receive the gift of the Holy Ghost if you want God to bring you out of that chaos. If you want God to get you out of that confusion, you gotta receive the Holy Ghost. It's the water from above. Woo. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hallelujah, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. Read Romans 8, verses 9 through 11. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Uh-huh. Now if any man have not the if Spirit you don't of Christ. Have the Spirit of Christ. He is none of his. Now let me just tell you. Don't think the Spirit of Christ is different from the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. It's one Spirit. There's only one Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't have the Holy Ghost. And here's what he said. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ or you don't have the Holy Ghost, what? 
You are none of You're his. You're none of his. So you say, well, I've made my profession of faith. I've accepted the Lord as my Savior. I believed on the Lord. You can say all of those things. I'm a church member. You can say that. I'm not discounting what you've done or what you've said. But I'm telling you, according to the scripture, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you are none of his. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. It's the water from above. This is the reason God separated the two. You've got to have water from above. If you're going to see new life come about. Hallelujah. You've got to have the water from above. Amen. Now let's go to John chapter 3, which I think some of you probably thought I was going to go there. A lot sooner, but we're going to get there. John chapter 3, verse number 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, uh-huh. he cannot enter into the kingdom except of God. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot. I didn't say that. I didn't come up with that. That's not my opinion. That's what Jesus said. And I think Jesus has the right to tell us who can go to heaven and who can't go to heaven. And he said, if you are not born of the spirit, if you don't have the water from above, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. Well, but that's not all that he said. Because, put, put the verse back up if you would, sister. Because he says here, you got to be born of the Spirit. But before that, he says, you got to be born of water. Now, you know what he's talking about here? There's water above, and there's water below. There is that heavenly water, but then there is the earthly water. And you got to have both to see new life come forth. There's got to be the parting of the waters in your life, the dividing of the waters. You've got to be born of heavenly water and earthly water. Now, if you don't think that that means water baptism, then let me just set the record straight with the words of Jesus himself. Mark chapter 16 and verse 16. He that believeth he that and believeth is baptized and shall be saved. is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth, he that not, believeth not shall, shall be, damned. be damned. Now listen, I want you to look very closely at that verse of scripture. He that believeth and. Everyone say And. That's not or. That's not giving you a choice. You don't get to pick and choose which of these. People say, well, as long as I believe. No, that's not what Jesus said. He said you've got to believe and, and be baptized in order to be saved. Amen. If, if you're not, if you don't believe and get baptized, you will not be saved according to the words of Jesus himself. Again, my friend, it is the water above and the water below. Consider again our text, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Which sometime were disobedient uh-huh. when once the long suffering of God waited yes. in the days of Noah. While the ark was, While the preparing, ark was preparing, wherein few, few that, is, that eight is eight souls, souls were, were saved, saved by water. They were saved. Everyone say they were saved. saved. Everyone say they were saved. saved. 
Everyone say they were saved. This is New Testament. This is Bible. This is the word of God. They were saved how? By water. By water. That's the way that Noah and his family were saved. Amen. They were saved by water. Now, what does he say in verse 21? The like figure, the like whereunto, figure whereunto even baptism, even doth, also baptism doth also now save us. It's not the putting it's away of the, the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good toward conscience toward God by the resurrection, by the resurrection of, Jesus of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you today, amen, your conscience cannot be clear before God. You cannot have a clean conscience until you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, praise God. When God saw the wickedness of the earth in Noah's day, God looked down and saw that the thoughts of men were only evil continually. God said, we're about to have a do-over. I started this world covered by water and I brought forth something good out of it it's turned into something bad so there's only one way to fix it we're going to go back and do what we did in the beginning we're going to cover it with water again hallelujah and Noah floats along in that ark. He just floats along in that ark. And he sends out a raven. And the raven, uh, you know, there's no sign of life out there. And he sends out a dove. And the dove comes back. No sign of life. He just keeps on floating along. Amen. Do you know when he finally got out of the ark? Do you know when he finally was able to start a productive life? Do you know when he was finally able to start planting vineyards and growing things? It's when the waters receded. Amen. And God once again gathered the waters into their place. I'm telling you, the old had to be buried under the water. The old wicked ways, the old sinful nature had to be buried under the water in order for life, amen, to come forth again. Woo! Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, at the receding of the waters, Noah and his family come out, and God says to them, be fruitful. That's when the mandate came. This is where we're going to start a new life. This is where things are going to start being productive again. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody today. Amen. Peter said, he, he told this story. He used this analogy. And then he made the statement, the like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. He said, just go back and look at how God did it in Noah's day and understand you're going to have to do the same thing. Amen. Right now, the thoughts of men, the hearts of men, we're born in sin. We're shaping an iniquity. Amen. It's only evil continually. But if you want to fix that 
it's not going to be amen as I said by turning over a new leaf it's not going to be by going to AA or or Al-Anon it's not going to be by joining some organization that's going to tell you you'll always be this way I'm going to tell you how it's going to get fixed you got to have the water the water from above yes but you got to have the water from below as well you got to bury that old nature you got to get rid of amen you got to lay it to rest you got to put it under the water it's destructive to your sin but productive for your spirit when water's used the right way it works it works hallelujah I want to say to you today even if you've received the water from above even if you have spoken in tongues that's just the water from above you still got to have the water from below Now let's talk about that. Let me prove it to you here. Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 48. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. stop right there. So Cornelius and his household received the water from above. They received the gift of the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. Now, for many people, they'd say, well, that's all I need. But that's not the way Peter felt about it. Peter understood. Peter knew what Jesus had taught. He knew what had been said. Hallelujah. He knew the keys that had been handed to him by Jesus himself. And so, even though they received the water above, something else had to happen. And so then answered Peter, verse 47. Can any man, can forbid, any man water? forbid water that these should, that not, these be should baptized, not be baptized which have received the, which Holy, have received Ghost the Holy Ghost as well as we? As well as we. And he Read. commanded them and to be he, baptized. Wait a minute. And he suggested to them. Oh, no. and, and he nicely uh, uh, discussed with them. Oh, I'm telling you, he commanded them. To be, baptized to be baptized in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. No, oh, that's not what it says? No, oh, well, we got a problem, don't we? We've got a problem because most of the churches in America today baptize saying Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And yet, that's not what the Bible says. Now, I'm familiar with Matthew 28, 19, and we'll go there in just a moment. But I, I just want you to note that this man, the very first Gentile, the first non-Jew to be born into the kingdom of God, was commanded not to be baptized, saying, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And I, you, can, you can look this up for yourself, but almost every other translation except the King James, almost without exception, it's almost universal. Every other translation doesn't just say the name of the Lord. 
It says he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, hallelujah. Because Jesus is the Lord. He's the only Lord. There is, according to Ephesians chapter 4, only one Lord. And Jesus is his name. If you're baptized in the name of the Lord, that's not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. All right, well, let's go over to Matthew 28, 19. Let's just deal with it here very quickly. Uh, let's, let's look at Matthew 28, 19 and see what it says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, uh-huh. baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of okay. the Holy Ghost. So people think, well, man, you just don't understand. That's in the Bible. Jesus said that, and, and, and I've heard all the arguments, and I don't have time to go through all the arguments today. Amen. Not going to try to because I'm trying to, to bring this message to its conclusion here. Within a few minutes, hopefully, I'll be able to do that. Praise God. But, but I want you to notice. First of all, get your Bible there, Brother Goff. I didn't put it in there, but, but I want you to get your Bible and, and go to Matthew chapter 28 because really we can't understand verse 19 unless we read the entire conversation. This is starting in the middle of a conversation here when you jump to verse 19. You really need to back up to verse 18 and see what he says there. And the reason I say that is because look at this verse. Look at this verse. Go ye, what? Therefore. The word therefore means because of what was just said. Right? In fact, I I tell people, when you see the word therefore, you need to find out what it is there for. Right? It's there for a reason. And he said, go therefore. Go because of what I just got through saying. Go. Teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, what did he just finish saying in verse 18? And Jesus came Jesus and spake unto them, spake saying, them saying, All power, all power is, given is unto shared me between me and, and two others. That's not what he said. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven Heaven and and in earth. Go ye therefore, because I'm the one who has all power, go and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Well, I'm looking here at my notes. You're going to have to keep that Bible handy. Go over to John chapter 5, verse 43. Let me tell you something. Jesus did not say in verse 19, repeat after me. There's a big difference between repetition and obedience. There's a big difference between repetition and obedience. You ready, Brother Hilton? Are you ready? All right. You know what I'm about to ask you to do. All right. Go stand at the back door. Now, did he obey me? All he did was repeat my words. Jesus didn't say repeat these words, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He said go and baptize in the name of the Father. Father's not a name. I am a father, but that's not my name. I am a son, but that's not my name. I am a pastor, but that's not my name. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. We got to baptize in the name. What is the name? John 5, 43. What's it say? I am come in my Father's name. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. So if he came in the name of Jesus, what's his Father's name? 
The name of the Father is Jesus. Matthew 121. Hallelujah. Matthew 121. And I can quote these, but I want you to see. And I'm sorry, Sister Jasmine. I should have put all this in my notes, but, but uh, I'm just making sure that you uh, um, earn your pay today. Praise God. In fact, I tell you what, I'm going to make a decree right now. We're doubling your pay. <laughs> Two times zero, still zero, right? So, so I'm tripling, I'm quadrupling if you want me to. It's, it, it'll be fine with me. Amen. All right, Matthew 1, 21, what's it say? And she shall bring forth a son. She'll bring forth a son. And thou shalt and call, call his, his name, name Jesus. Jesus. So what's the name of the son? All right, how about John 14, 26? John chapter 14, verse 26. Praise God. John 14, 26 says this. But the Comforter, the comforter which is the which Holy is Ghost, the Holy Ghost whom, the, whom Father the Father will send, will send in, my name. in my name. What name did the Comforter come in? Jesus. The name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. You are not obeying Matthew 28, 19 until you baptize in the name of Jesus. All you've done is repeat it. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, there is no difference in baptizing someone, saying Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and just praying the Lord's Prayer. If you, if you just go to, a, to an altar and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. If you just go through, you haven't prayed, and Jesus didn't say, repeat these words. He said, let me teach you how to do it. Follow this example. Don't repeat these words. Obey what I'm telling you. And when he said baptize in the name of the Father, he wasn't saying repeat these words. He was saying do what I'm telling you to do. Go find the name. You got to baptize in the name. For neither is there salvation in any other. This is Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no name like the name of Jesus. Oh, praise God. Amen. Listen. It is a basic rule of Bible interpretation that before you decide on some doctrine, you need to have at least two or three scriptural witnesses. And I want to challenge everybody listening to me right now. I want to challenge you to find for me just one scriptural witness where anyone ever repeated the words of Jesus as found in Matthew 28, 19. All I ask is find one example in the Bible where someone actually baptized saying, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Find it. It does not exist. There is no Bible example for it. It's not there. I've, I've made this challenge all around the world, literally. I've, I've made this challenge before PhDs. Nobody has been able to find one single example in the scripture. 
Just because the majority of churches do it that way doesn't make it right. Paul said this, let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, if it's 100% of the churches that's doing it wrong, you still do what God says. So we're not going to look at who does what. We're going to look at what does the Bible say. And I challenge you, find one Bible example where anyone was ever baptized saying, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, it doesn't exist. If that's the proper way to interpret Matthew 28, 19, you've got a real problem with biblical interpretation. But I submit to you that Jesus meant exactly what he said. Go and baptize in the name. In the name. Hallelujah. Of the Father. You got to use the name of the Father, which is Jesus. You got to use the name of the Son, which is Jesus. You've got to use the name of the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus. How many examples do you want? I've already given you Acts chapter 10. Let's go through a few. Get back to your notes here. This, I think these are all there. Let's, let's, let's give you a few. You ready to count for me here, Brother Jahim? You ready to count? I got the right one today, didn't I? I did. Amen. I knew it because you're the one with the black hair. That, that blew his mind yesterday. I was talking about his brother. I called his brother by his name. And I said, I can tell you two apart because he's got black hair. And Jahim's just looking at me like, are you crazy or what? We both got black hair. It was a joke. But anyhow. All right. You ready to count for me? All right, all right, you, you can do that. You can handle that. All right, Jaheem, I want you to start counting now. So I want you to hold up the number one. One, one, one finger, would you hold that up? One finger. Now, all right, here's the first witness, Acts chapter 8, verse 16. For as yet he has fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized, they were baptized in the name of the in Lord the Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So I'm, tell, I'm going to give you scriptural witness to show you that they never baptized saying Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They always baptized in the name of Jesus. So there's one witness, all right? That's one more than what you've got for the way you're trying to interpret it if you say it's got to be done Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'm already one ahead of you. But we're not done. Acts chapter 10, verse 48. Let's and go he, ahead and throw that one in there. And he commanded them to be baptized he in the name of the Lord. commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Amen. And, and we've pointed out that actually uh, says in the name of Jesus. So how many is that? Two. Oh, he's ahead of me. All right. Two. All right. You're doing good. You're doing good. Let's, let's see if we can keep this up. All right. Acts 19, verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. How many are we at now? There's three. Now, there are none. For Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I'm out at three. The Bible only requires two or three witnesses. I've given you three. I could end it right here. And, and I've given you enough proof. But we're not done. We're going to keep going. Praise God. All right. How about Acts uh, chapter 22 verse 16. And now why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And there it is again. And you go back and look at it in the name of Jesus Christ. So how many do we have here? We're at four now. We got one more than what the Bible requires to settle a doctrine. We're at four, but I'm not done yet. How about 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 13 through 15? Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. Now, isn't this interesting? Here's what Paul said. He said, was, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Obviously, they were baptized in the name of the one who was crucified. The father, hallelujah, father wasn't crucified because the father is a spirit. You can't crucify a spirit. 
Holy Ghost wasn't crucified because Holy Ghost is a ghost or spirit. You can't crucify a spirit. The only, the only thing that was crucified was the Son of God. Christ. Jesus. They were baptized in the name of the one who was crucified. And his name is Jesus. Now are you praising the Lord or are you still counting? Oh, you're still counting and praising the Lord and praising the Lord. All right, we're at five now. We've got five now. Hallelujah. And I'm still not done. How about Colossians chapter three? And before we get to Colossians three and 17, let me tell you, this is an amazing thing because everybody I know, if they're going to pray a prayer, they never pray and end it with Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. If they're going to pray for the sick, they don't say in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost be healed. I've been over there in Africa. I've talked to these preachers. They believe in healing. They believe in casting out devils. And I've asked them, when you go to cast out a devil, do you say in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost come out of him? No, absolutely not. They use the name because there's power in that name. Oh, it's interesting. You want to pray in his name. You want to heal the sick in his name. You, you want to cast out devils in his name. But when it comes to baptism, let's forget it about the name and yet the bible says this read colossians 3 17 and whatsoever you do whatsoever in word or deed you do in word or in deed do all in the name of the lord jesus and that word all means exactly what it says it doesn't mean everything except baptism it means all if you're gonna do it all in jesus name you gotta be baptized in jesus name Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, you actually know you counted the last one twice. You've been doing good until now. I said Colossians 3.17 twice, so you counted it twice. That's my fault. I apologize, but it's only six right now. I don't want to cheat anybody here, so get six fingers up there. We're at six. We're at six. All right, so now, the Bible only requires two or three. Three is, a, is the maximum. If, if you got three witnesses, it's settled. We're already at double that. And I'm still not done because there's one very important verse that I haven't brought just yet. Amen. And this verse comes on the heels. There's that word again. I used that yesterday when teaching about foot washing. I said it comes on the heels and I realized that's a bad, I wasn't trying to be, that wasn't a pun. But anyhow, um, so, so this, look, this comes immediately after a convicted crowd specifically asks, what shall we do? Tell us how to be saved. And Peter gives them this answer in Acts 2, verse 38. Then Peter said then unto them, Peter said unto them repent, repent and be baptized, and be baptized every one of you in the name of, you, of, the, Lord the, Jesus, name of Jesus Christ for the remission, remission of, of sins. sins. And you and shall you receive, shall the, gift receive of the, Holy Ghost. the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that now makes seven. Isn't that interesting? Seven is God's number of completion. It's God's number of perfection. You don't have any witnesses to back up baptizing, saying Father, Son, and Holy Ghost but I've given you seven witnesses that when you get baptized you ought to go down in water in the name of the one amen that died for you you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ praise God hallelujah now a couple things I want you to note about this scripture here in Acts 2 verse 38 first of all I want you to note 
that he said, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Not so you can be a church member. Baptism doesn't make you a member of the church, local assembly. It makes you a member of the body of Christ. A lot of people got that confused. They think if I get baptized, that means I've joined your church. No. No, no, no. Being, being baptized doesn't make you a member of a local church. Peter said you're baptized for the remission of your sins. Your sins cannot even be remitted unless you're baptized. And he said it's got to be done in the name. I quoted Acts 4 and 12 a while ago. Neither is there salvation in the other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be. We must be saved that name is directly connected with salvation so is the water below so is baptism it's connected with salvation and so this is the only name that can save us when we're baptized amen we gotta have that name of Jesus my friend I'm here to tell you if you're listening online or you're sitting in this auditorium today I want you to know if you've been baptized saying Father Son and Holy Ghost all you got out of that was wet you didn't get anything else there was no spiritual benefit there was no good to it because that's not what the Bible says to do if you want your baptism to count it's got to be done the Bible way now Peter said it's for the remission of sins now with that in mind let's go back and look at Luke 24 verses 47 to 49 and let me just remind you Luke uh, each of the gospel writers is telling the life of Jesus from a little different perspective. They don't contradict one another. They just give a little different perspective. And, and Luke is now giving us the great commission just as Matthew did. Matthew twenty nineteen is the great commission. Now Luke is recording the great commission as well. And he's saying something about what else was said during that commissioning that Jesus did. Let's read Luke 24, verses 47 to 49. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, now, wait. And that repentance and what? Remission. Remission of sins should be preached how? In his name. Remission of sins has to be preached in his name. If you want your sins remitted, there's only one way to do it. It's got to be through baptism in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank God for everybody that has received the water from above. But my friend, don't stop with that. You still got to go and get the water from below. You've got to be baptized in the name. I feel like I'm talking to somebody right now. You need to make up your mind right now. I've got to be baptized baptized in Jesus name I've got to go down in that water in the name of Jesus oh Lord I still got a little bit of time I got a little bit of time I, and I don't have a whole lot more in my notes so I'll tell you what go over to Acts chapter 19 this is not in the notes we'll quintuple that pay sister Jasmine how's that amen five times zero we're still I think we can still afford that. All right, Acts chapter 19, start with verse 1. 
And it and came to pass came to that pass while Apollos was Apollos at Corinth, was Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, of a, a, came to upper coast of Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, "Have you have received, you the, received Holy the Holy Ghost since ye believe?" The Holy Ghost since you believe. And they said unto him, "We said, have not so much as heard whether there be any." You know, Holy I don't. Ghost. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but 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 I want you just to notice this. I want you to pay attention to this. There's two things Paul wants to know from these people. They call themselves believers. They say they are believers. And there's two things Paul wants to know. First of all, have you received the Holy Ghost? Do you have the water from above? Well, hallelujah. Now, let's read on. And he said unto them, he said unto them, unto them, what, unto what them were ye baptized? No, 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 wait, you skipped one, you skipped one. Verse three, no, verse two, I'm sorry. Go back, verse 2. And he said unto them, have you received the have Holy received Ghost, the since, Holy you Ghost believe? since you believe? And they said unto and them, said, we have not so much heard. as heard whether so there no, be any no, Holy Ghost. No, 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 we have not received the water from above. We've not received the Holy Ghost. Then he says in verse 3. And he said unto them, unto then said, what were you, what unto then what were then you baptized? Were you baptized. And so now, you see that there's two things Paul's asking them. He wants to know about the water above and he wants to know about the water below. Right. He asks them, have you received the Holy Ghost? And then he says, well, tell me how you got baptized. And they said, unto John's baptism. John the Baptist baptized us. You'd think that was good enough, but it wasn't. Keep reading. Then said Paul, then John said Paul, barely baptized with the baptism of repentance. All right, so you got baptized. Okay, good. Saying read. unto the people that they should believe on him, which they But John which preached, should. there's something more coming than what you've got now. And so what happens? Verse 5. When they had when heard, they heard this, this, they were baptized. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They'd already been baptized. They said they had been baptized. And now they get baptized again. You want to know why? Because that first one didn't count. It wasn't done scripturally. It wasn't done properly. It wasn't done according to the plan of God. It wasn't done in Jesus' name. When they heard what Paul had to say, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's the water below. They got baptized again, even though they'd been baptized. I'm preaching to somebody here, amen, that's listening, either online or in person, I'm preaching to you. You've been baptized before. In fact, I've talked to people that have gotten baptized three or four times in their life. Amen, it doesn't matter if you've been baptized a dozen times in your life if it was not in Jesus name you need one more baptism whether you've never been baptized or you've been baptized multitudes of times if it's never been in Jesus name you really haven't been baptized you need one more you need to do it the scripture way amen when they heard this they were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus they got the water from below and then what happened and when Paul and when laid Paul his, hands, laid upon his them, hands upon them, the Holy Ghost, the came, Holy upon Ghost them, came on them, and they spake, and they spake with, tongues with tongues and prophesied. And prophesied. You know what just took place? God gave them the water from above. They got it from below, and now they got it from above. That's where new life can begin. That's where something productive can start showing up all of a sudden. I'm preaching to you today, my friend. God's got a plan to change your life. If you're tired, if you're miserable with the chaos, with the confusion, with the emptiness, I'm telling you, God is trying to shine his light uh, through the pages of his word today to call off uh, the darkness uh, that's engulfed your mind. He wants to set you free, but you need the water above and you need the water below. Now, I got a little off track. We were talking about Acts 2.38. I want to go back there. First thing I said you need to notice, Peter said, is for the remission of sins. The second thing I want you to notice 
Amen. Let's look at it again. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now there's the water below. For the remission of sins. Yeah. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And don't stop there. But get the water from above. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then he said, For the, the promise is unto you is and to you your children. And to your children. And to all and to that, all are, that are, are far off. Even, even as many as the Lord our God shall I'm call. I'm telling you, there's nobody excluded in that promise. Everybody, under the sound of my voice, the promise is yours. You can have the water above and you can have the water below. God wants to do something great. I'm going to close Romans chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Look at this. We talked about how God looked down upon Noah, the world that was then. And it was a wicked, vile, filthy world. And God said... I'm going to have to bury this thing and start over. Paul now says, we are buried with him by baptism into death. You see, when we repent of our sins, then the old nature, the old man dies. But you don't want to leave a corpse laying around. You got to get it buried. And we're buried, we are buried with him by baptism. Just as it was in creation, just as it was with Noah, new life cannot come until the old is buried in water. Now, once you've buried the old man, let's keep reading. What happens? That like as Christ was like raised as Christ up from was the dead, raised up from the dead by the glory of the, the Father. Glory of the Father. Even so, we even also so we should also. walk in newness you see, of life. You bury that old man. You bury that old man. You get the water below, and then he starts talking about the resurrection that comes. You know what that is? That's receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the water from above. And he said, if you've got the water below and the water above, here's what happens: you start walking in newness of life amen verse 5 for if we have been planted planted together together in the likeness of his death death, we shall shall be also in the likeness likeness of his resurrection resurrection. I'm here to tell you friend when you've got the water below and the water above the old man dies and a new man springs forth hallelujah this opportunity is yours today let's stand church would you help me pray right now amen I'm preaching today to some folks amen maybe some of you have received the Holy Ghost. Maybe some of you have talked in tongues. You've had an experience with God. I'm not discounting that. But if you have not received the Holy Ghost, you need that water from above. you got to have that water from above. Even if you have, however, received the Holy Ghost, don't stop with that experience. You need the water from below. you got to complete that before there can be new life. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then you become a new creation. And that, my friends, is how the water 
works. Hallelujah. It works. It works. If you've got the water from above and the water below, it works. There's a new man walking in my shoes. I'm not what I used to be. I may not be everything I want to be, but I'm not what I used to be. By the grace of God, there is a change that has been that has taken place in my life, uh, and it can take place in yours. For God is no respecter of persons. This these altars are open right now. If you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, why don't you come and ask God? God will fill you. You haven't done anything so bad; He won't forgive you. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you've done. You can be forgiven of your sins. God. God wants to give you the water from above and if you are ready and you've repented amen we'll take you down in water in the name of Jesus and let you experience the water from below you will never regret what God will do in your life as a result of that why don't you come today why don't you come everybody let's come let's find a place to pray let's talk to the Lord amen let's pour our hearts out before him right now everybody